Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Tonight it's football, cricket and rugby on the weekend wrap. But there is only one major star that dominates our headlines. Get used to this name, Amy Hunt. She won gold at the European Under-20 Athletics Championships in Sweden. Her time for the 200 metres of 22.94 was just outside a championship best. 24 hours later, she made it double gold by running an excellent second leg in the 4x100 metre relay team. That girl is going all the way. To cricket and Bolton lost their match against Ellisie by four runs in a match that finished just after five past nine. The match for me was soured by the antics of the visitors. If it takes all 11 players to surround the umpire for every single appeal and mostly twice and over, if that's what it needs to get promotion, goodbye Ellisie and good riddance. Collingham lost to Clifton. Fondon's bad run continues with a defeat at Wimeswold. But better news for Newell Carr and M. They beat Beeston at Kellam Road. And on to football and Flowserve suffered a surprise defeat at Gedlin. All I have to say, and much improved Gedlin from last season, despite being awarded three penalties in the match. Maybe the previous night's bonding session at the Dogs was not such a good idea after all. But they played because it was a bad day for Newark Town who couldn't raise the side for the trip to Radford and had to cancel the night before. Not good. Welcome to Monday Night on Radio Newark Sport where we talk to the Wildman, Clippo, Pipesay, Kirke and Jaffa in the Weekend Wrap. But before all that, Mr Smith on the Open Championship. Shane Lowry, well, for a start, the only Lowry I, I've ever known, painted matchstick men and matchstick cats and dogs, so well done to him. Irish winner of the Irish Open. Um, to be honest, Tony, from what I saw of it, he showed um, them how to play in the rain and the wind. Well, I listened to it most of the weekend, and I just have to say the coverage on Five Live was at absolutely world class absolutely brilliant and um, yes but they didn't cover Amy Hunt Bolton Collingham and Flowserve no 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 they didn't and I'm not saying that they're better than us obviously God! but honestly that, that that radio station is world class when it comes to bringing it into the home it, is, it just feels like you still didn't cover Bolton Collingham like and Flowserve uh, but obviously I switched off on Friday because my pound had gone down the swanee by then so who won Shane Lowry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that uh, painter bloke. Yeah. The painter man. <laughs> he, he took a bit, bit of, I mean, great. I, I mean, Irishman winning the Open in in Ireland. The support was absolutely Do you want a fantastic. tangent? A swift tangent. My beloved Berwick Rangers. What the hell? If you go to Berwick-on-Tweed, the town is surrounded by uh, little tributes to Lowry because Lowry fell in love with Berwick and he painted many of his paintings in Berwick on Tweed. See, even Five Live didn't get that, did yeah, they? See, see, that's why see. we're good, they're rubbish. But um, Lowry was fantastic and the Open had not been held in Portrush since 1951. Since then, they've had such a thing called the Troubles and I don't think Northern Ireland ever thought they would see the likes again. And the Irish people celebrated Lowry's victory like saying to none. Unbelievable. So, he won it. His wife brought on the little baby. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's, you know, such a... Um, all the Irish golfing mafia was there, apart, yeah. apart from your mate who'd flown back to, to his home in America. Um, OK. <laughs> um, but the rest of the, the you know, um, Padraig Carrington and all that lot was there. Um he got the trophy, he did the speech, he did about four hours of, of media work after that, then got somebody to give him a lift, 150 miles south, 
so he could get to his local by about half past one in the morning. Really? When I assumed the door was locked and the Guinness started flowing. His, his I mean, that's brilliant. Uh, I saw, uh, listened to it on the radio until seven, half seven, eight o'clock, whatever it was, and then immediately went downstairs and switched on BBC Two and saw the highlights. Mm. And there was a clip from his home golf club, 150 miles south, of the celebrations there when he uh, held the winning putt. And you could see it in the guy's eyes. He just wanted to be there. Yeah. And I would... Uh, I would he got there. <laughs> I would imagine uh, he skipped breakfast. Probably so, yeah. Mm. I don't blame the lad. Um, Gareth Bale. Now, I think Gareth Bale is a cracking football. I don't know what he's like as a personality. As a footballer, he's a bit injury-prone, but I think he's a cracking footballer. Now, for Diz- um, Zidane to come out and say, well, the quicker he's gone, the better, I think is not perfect management by a long way no but apparently now it's come out tonight that the favorites to sign him it's a it's a toss-up between two chinese teams oh, and it's going to be on a million, a million pounds, a, pounds week. a week now my question to you is already a multi-millionaire i would assume oh yeah so at 30 years old does he want to say okay my football career is finished i'm going to china but i'll be the richest non-entity in the world well, sport-wise, you know, I mean, all he was doing at Real Madrid was improving his golf. But as Rafa Benitez will find, if you go to China, you get very rich very quick. But you finish as a football man. Yeah, he's not going. If he goes to China, he is not going to come back in the top brand of European football, is he? Yeah. I mean, it's very easy. Time for Leeds. It's very easy to say when you're not good enough to do both. But I would rather play football for a decent club than get a million pounds a week. Because once you've got your first week's wages, do you really need any more? No. So wouldn't it be better to play for Man United then? I mean, there's nothing to say that he's going to China. But they are apparently... There's nothing to say Benitez was going to China, but he took the money and ran in the end. Yeah. He let himself down. He massively. let himself down big time. I think Gareth Bale let himself down massively at Real Madrid because he made no effort to assimilate with his teammates. He'd rather go off on his own playing golf, and so um, I think Zidane just got fed up of him, and then that's why he talks so frustratedly about mm. him uh, in his defence. But if he takes the money and runs at the age of thirty, then what a waste! Because he is brilliant. Taxi, yeah. taxi for Mycon was his sort of uh, it was his heyday but you don't suddenly be that good and lose it and he scored a wonder goal didn't he in the European Cup final or yeah. Champions League Cup final these days whatever they call it yeah, yeah. I, I, I just you know if, if I can't believe it's he's even contemplating he probably is not contemplating going to China I don't know we'll see but uh, there again I'm the one that thought beneath there's no way you would ever go to China even if you left Newcastle he would stop in uh, top grade football but money obviously talks i suppose when you haven't got it like me and you mate mm. it doesn't really matter so much but does when it? you have got it in shed loads why do you want more why do you want more greed pure and that, simple that, that, greed that, that is pure, the more you pure the greed. more you've got the more you want i yeah? mean how do people like that sit, that's the answer how do people like that sit comfortably in front of an advert like and for just two pounds a month or whatever it is you can get water to these kids you know, <coughs> they don't save yeah. lives. And then you talk about a million pounds a week. It's yeah. just disgusting. It, it, it's obscene. Totally obscene. Right, Mr Smith, are you going to do your reception? Oh, just because yeah. we've not spoke to Rob Wardman. I'm not wearing this short <laughs> skirt for nothing. You're not. And it, it suits you in this weather, by the way. It, uh, he shaved his legs again, by the way. And uh, you can still see the marks. He's using the same shaver. Um, right, we're going to talk um, rugby for a few minutes with Rob Wardman. Obviously, there's no rugby being played at this time of year, but... Um, there is a couple of very important events coming up at Kellam Road, and Rob is going to tell us all about that. And I said right at the top of the show, that's followed by Clippo, Pipesy, Kirky, and Jaffa as we talk to Boulderton, Collingham, Flowserve, and Fondon Cricket Club to find out what all those have been up to. Just a quick one reminder while he's doing that: James Brinkat Smith in the studio tomorrow night talking about his powerlifting trip to. Japan, which saw him come back with a world bronze medal. So, uh, how good is that, James, in this studio tomorrow night? 
but on the phone now, the one and only, Mr Rob Wardman. Rob, are you summering well? Very nicely, thank you. In Costa Crown Street, yes. <laughs> Anybody who's on Facebook will see that Rob is in the middle of putting a, uh, a selection of his... Um, Rugby memories for us all to see, and today it was very, I think it was today a very, a very fetching photo of Rob in a rugby kit. Yes, there was. Um, it was me refereeing, wasn't it? Ah, it was refereeing, was uh, you right? It's one of these Facebook challenges, <laughs> yeah, and uh, you've and you've suffered for it. As has been set by our fitness guru at the club, Stuart Birch, who's <laughs> much more of a Facebook person than I am. So uh, I am trolling the. Um, archives of, of of shay wildman to, to try and uh, <laughs> find some pictures yeah <laughs> oh it's going well it, it, it's enthralling reading and um and watching rob it really is rob um middle of summer so why am i talking to newt rugby club well we're five days away from our centenary night and uh 100 years ago 1919 uh, reverend gorse and um and his and his pals uh, um formed the club um, at a meeting at the Magnus School. There'd been rugby played before in the town um, around the Magnus School since perhaps the 1880s. Um, but eventually, after the First World War, um, they gathered all the, uh, the rugby enthusiasts and, and, and formed the club. And it was very much an old boys club in those days. Uh, they played in the uh, same colours as, as a school. And, and they got going, so that's 1919. And uh, on Friday night, 100 years to the day, we're having a, um, a club dinner to celebrate and to toast the uh, 100 years and, and our birthday. Um, very much the members do. No real star speakers. Lots of uh, uh, luminaries from Newark's uh, years who are still with us will, will be speaking. People like uh, Alan Swain, Bob Bembo, a former president, Nick Maltby, who was a captain way, way back in the uh, uh, late 60s, 70s, who led the club to the Notts Cup triumphs, uh, ex-school teacher in the town, well-known figure, he, he's speaking. And then uh, we've got um, Will Britton, the president captain, he's, he's opening the show, but he's first up. Um, so, so I think he's quite happy to be uh, the first speaker. Uh, and then we, we finish off with uh, John Lees, another uh, former captain. He's, he's coming back. He lives over in, in Norwich Way the, these days. But he's, he's a well-known uh, former captain. He's coming back to, to talk about his years. And then uh, Danny Cunningham, another, another successful captain. So, And all this will be interspersed um, around the meal. And um, 190 people... Um, We'll be having a good time, probably uh, perspiring nicely if, if this weather continues. <laughs> that, that means the drink will be flowing even more. Well, I think if you're, if you're a taxi company and you want business about half past midnight, perhaps the New Rubber Club is the place. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's the dinner and a time to renew um, friendships and everything. And you've also announced the centenary match, and I'm absolutely so pleased that somebody has had possibly a rethink. Well, it, it was difficult. Um, we, the, the first, the original idea was to stage the game. Um, Newark's original game was against the Nottingham team, um, and obviously Nottingham are too strong, strong for us now. Uh, the nearest we could get was to um, play a uh, Notts Links derby selection. Uh, their under twenties had looked at the fixture, and then about uh, three, four weeks ago, they realised they were struggling to get a, a proper team together, um, and, and we had a, a rethink. And um, we'd already agreed to play Southall pre-season and um, with a little bit of persuasion and uh, very much um, uh, very much to give thanks to, to Southall. They agreed to switch the game. We, we originally were going to go and play at Southall pre-season game, but uh, Southall have agreed to come to us on Saturday, September 7, and uh, that's going to be a centenary game, and we will return the fixture, the pre-season game, uh, next pre-season so it, it's uh, the old rivals meet again Newark v Southwell it's Newark centenary game Saturday September 7 it's got an awful lot more of a ring to it hasn't it Rob um, I think the original idea was a good idea um, it, it didn't come off um, we were perhaps trying to play too, too early in the season representative games are very difficult to stage these days because of the club commitments um, so I think in the end we, we've come out with um an interesting fixture 
um, something with a bit of a bite to it. Um, but as you, as you know, Mick, we, we've had um, three years of league action with Southwell, um, and obviously they were relegated in the last season, hence why we were looking at pre-season games with them to keep the rivalry and the uh, interest in it. You know, the games with Newark and Southwell have created good interest. They've been largely played in good spirit, very competitive, but largely... Um, in very good spirit um, so it, it, it's good to continue the rivalry and, and thank you to you know, the Southall officials for agreeing to it and they're, they're looking forward to it as they always do so I think it'd be a keen game it'd be a good, it'd be a good opener to the season Mr Smith's listening intently and um, unfortunately wants to join in right I was just going to say that I, I've been at New York Rugby Club uh, during my advertiser days when uh, John Lees was captain and he gave a hugely entertaining speech at a club dinner when I was there, uh, but was later found uh, with a, a group of his acolytes in a nearby farmer's field riding bulls bareback, about four in the morning. Right. Well, uh, <laughs> he's certainly still with us and, uh, <laughs> hey, you know... Uh, I don't. I, knowing John, I, I think he's past his bull riding. Day. I would think so, yeah. But uh, give him my love anyway. I will do, Tony. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he's very pleased that he's been. Uh, you've, you've reminded the world of that incident. <laughs> I'm sure he is. I must admit, I was not uh, privy to it. Yeah, give him my love, but not my address. Right. Okay. <laughs> you don't get any better, Rob, does it? No. No, but um, you know. <laughs> the friendlies are organised, then the, the the fixtures are out. Um, you're on the countdown. We're always on the countdown, yeah. And it might be uh, oh, what, 80 degrees outside, but yeah, no, we're getting we're getting ready for rugby. Uh, plenty of people training Tuesday and Thursday nights, um, led by led by Stuart Birch and our new co coach Adam Corcoran. So no, it th things are looking positive. We're we're up and running. Excellent. Well, we'll um, we're going on our holiday, Bob, soon, but uh, we'll catch up with you right at the beginning of September, Rob, and uh, when we sort of get yourself and hopefully Will into the studio and uh, have a good pre-season chat. Right. Well, the first, <coughs> the first pre-season game we have is August 24th when Scunthorpe Seconds are coming, which is very much a training game, and that'll be Saturday, August 24th, um, a training game against Scunthorpe Seconds, 3pm kickoff. So that's the first action of the season. Well, I shall be at home recovering from having to sit with Tony every week, and Tony's gone back to Yorkshire rehab or something. Right. So, okay. um, but we will be back very soon after that. Right. Thanks, Rob. Take care. Thanks. Bye bye. Cheers, mate. The wonderful Mister Rob Wardman, and uh, yes, Tony, um, we're not that far off rugby season. You won't think so out there, but I packed in um, on Friday evening with my umpiring. Um, I explained to the club that uh, my football duties were fast uh, encroaching. And uh, when I realised that the first two flow serve league games were at home and that programmes had to be put into rapid production, I decided to uh, suspend my uh, cricketing duties for another summer. And he didn't even make it to Gedlin on Saturday afternoon. Absolutely shocking. OK, as what Monday is, the weekend wrap, we're back to the phones. We're going to look at the weekend sport now. And uh, first up is um, Tim Clipsham. And Bolton's game against Ellisey. I've already told you at the top of the, top of the show what I thought about it. Um, it's not really up to Tim to make a comment. So let's, um, at least to start with, Tim, stick with the cricket. The fact that you got the game on at all was a miracle. Yeah, yeah, brilliant effort again. Sorry, Mick, I've only just started to listen to the radio. I've just jumped in the car, so I haven't heard what you've said, by the way. It's probably just as um, well. Right, OK, right. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, no, brilliant effort by everybody again, um, you know, to get the covers on and, um, yeah, big team effort again. You know, there's a lot of people that don't play that put effort into getting the covers on and off during games as well as before them and after them. Um, and, yeah, no, yeah, did, did really well to get it on. Um, that torrential downpour, we sat around for probably two or three hours, probably, by the end of it. Um, we both wanted to play there. I think they're top of the league, and um, you know, obviously, we had a real good start, so we was keen to keep going as well. Um, but yeah, yeah. Ellison got 135. Your innings started just after quarter to seven in the evening, when for some amazing reason you was expected to bat for 45 overs, which by our reckoning was going to be somewhere very close to. Um, quarter past nine with the shadows encroaching over that playing field very very quickly um good start excellent start 50 opening partnership um 
at the end of it a combination i think of what i'm going to come to in a minute and the fact it was getting darker all the time you fell four runs short from a cricketing point of view tim how disappointing was that yeah it was the one that got away mate you know um definitely the one that got away whether that was through well there was quite a few issues that i think probably you know got it away from us but um the last two weeks we've scored 200 no problem at all uh we should have scored 135 yeah our innings was supposed to finish it told us before we go out 931 was supposed to be the end time to that game um the last four was supposed to have been bowled by then but you know the first half let's just you know if we can just say on that Ryan Charles has got his first five for, for the club um, bowled exceptionally well and our last probably 20 overs was just brilliant you know probably the best we've fielded the best we've bowled all season um, and yeah it's just a very disappointing end to the game really um yeah. Now, Tim, I, if you don't want to get involved in this, <clears throat> I fully understand. I, I watched pretty much the whole of that innings, and I love my local sport because it's everything that the professional game is not. I was so disappointed to see 11 players surrounding the umpire at every given opportunity waving their arms about, jumping up and down and screeching like five-year-old kids until they got the decision that they wanted. And I'm, 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 I'm adamant about that, until they got the decision, because it went on and on and on. Um, I thought the umpires was completely out of order, because if I was one of the umpires, they would have been told to get off the pitch. Um, Tim, I personally, and I say, don't get involved if you don't want to, I don't think there's any place for that in grassroots cricket no and and the thing is Mick we always say um, I'm the first person to say in the dressing room lads let's respect the umpires you know they give a decision that we don't think is right we take it on the chin and that is it you know we don't want any backbiting we don't want any calling them yet we all get decisions that we think are wrong and you probably by the end of the year they level up and um, you know we'll probably get one Saturday that isn't out or that we think isn't out that will be given um, but like you said it was just they just half bullied them into it in a way I think they did uh, bully them into it because they sur they surrounded they uh, yeah, and I'm not exaggerating yeah, it, it, they it, surrounded it, them yeah everybody was up and every time I think we had was it five or six LBWs at the end Mick yeah you know we had one in the first half and I kid you not it was probably hitting middle and half halfway up and it wasn't given um, and it just amazes me that you know that then we can get six given against us or five given against us um, you know like you say you've got to be a bit careful what you say you have I haven't the umpires yeah, was yeah. the umpires was bullied but, into it yeah I think there was a couple that you know you half get a feeling when you're batting whether you're out or not you know you half get that feeling oh god this Pe is close. people like Chris Dobby know if they're out yeah yeah they've played the game for long enough and they're and they're and they're honest enough yeah mine hit me on the, my back leg like the top of my pad um you know and I bat outside my crease the quick is and whether it's hitting or not it's marginal but there was just no benefit of the doubt to the batsman at any at <laughs> any stage of that second innings really um, but like I say you can't you know we should have knocked 135 off yes it. yes I mean that's what Alan Jackson told me he says you know I appreciate what you're saying Mick but Bolton should have knocked 135 off but it's just so hard to take when you get them decisions against you you know if you get one in the innings yeah you take it on your chin <laughs> but I probably think we had three or four but we can't cry over them it's done you know we, we, at the end of the day we should have we should have knocked them off anyway. Yeah, uh, I think that's the end of it. You, you, they're out there giving their opinion, you know, but like you said, when there was a lot of bullying probably involved in it, and they probably just need to stay a bit stronger, but, you know, we could talk about it all night, Mick, and it probably it, isn't going to make it. It's not going to change it, but I've been talking about it for the last two days. I've even rang, I've even rang our man in Devon and had a moan at him, but it's just yeah. annoyed me that much. 
yeah, you know, it's just disappointing. You know, there's lads there who wait all week to play, and then you end up getting a couple of bad decisions that then probably cost you the game. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's one of them, mate. You, 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 we could sit and yeah. there's nobody more frustrated when we walked off that pitch than me. But you've just got to say thank you very much, pay them the money, and we'll see you next time. We'll and have and, you, and hopefully it. you get promoted so we don't see you again. Tim, we'll, <laughs> we'll, talk, we'll talk to you again next week, mate. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Sorry, I've got it on me about this because it really did get to me. <laughs> yeah, no, look, hey, it's one of them things. And the way I look at it, it's, you know it's better probably having them there than us doing an end and etc so you know you've just got to be you've got to take it on the chin really yeah, and, you uh, have yeah it's just one of those things but like I say we've got a lot of good to take out of it with Ryan getting his first five uh, exactly Chris Morris batted very well at the yeah. top of the innings um, Tom Shepard bowled exceptionally well um, this week you know bowled very very well without getting a wicket I think um, but yeah, roll on Saturday. Exactly. Let, let, let's move on. Grumpy old yeah. men like me can moan about it. You lot move on. <laughs> you ought to moan for dad, Mick. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. I was sitting with Sandra Jackson. That was bad enough. <laughs> Talk to you next week, Tim. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Tim. Bye-bye. Mr. Umpire. Hmm. You want to put up with it. You just want to put up with it. In A, B and C of the South Knots League, the neutral umpires. Um, in Division D, where I was umpiring, then you have club umpires and below. And in Division J, I would have... Um, where, where I've been umpiring this season with a second eleven, I would have said, now come on, let's not spoil an afternoon. In Division D, I would have said, Captain, can I have a word, please? and made a point of interrupting the game and saying, now come on, have a word with your lads, because this is getting ridiculous. And uh, there's nothing more than that you can really do, but if the captain doesn't sort of do something about it, then you just look at people when they're appealing and make them feel as small as they're acting. Oh, it's just poor. <coughs> right, you better ring pipes before I say something I shouldn't say. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be a bit too late. Yeah, well, probably it is, but... Uh... <laughs> You know, you watch, you watch, and everybody's entitled to get excited at local sports, spectators and players, because it's what they spend a week for to do it at the weekend. But, sorry, gro grown men jumping about like five-year-olds shouting and screaming, I just, no. It's not, uh, it's not for me. One thing we didn't mention on the Bolton front, actually, while Tony's trying to get hold of David Pipes, is that Bolton 2's lead at the top of Division H has been cut to 10 points, been cut in half. Um, their game at Ruddington, Bolton raced to 78 without loss after 12 overs when the downpour came and, uh, guess what it was deemed not fit to continue they didn't want to wait it was a tad wet i've seen the pictures um they didn't want to wait and bolton ended up with a an abandoned match and that lead has been halved exactly what gary edgington said could happen last week has happened to eden tranter and the team um next up um collingham and their trip to um to clifton and that as well I understand at its moments, but the man to tell me all about it is our chief cricket correspondent, David Pipes. David, good evening. Hello, mate. How are we? Um, well, I've just had a rant and a moan about LSE, but apart from that, I'm, oh, I'm in good, I'm in good form. Yeah, good man. Yeah, I had a rant about that as well. I totally agree with you there. If Tim wants to sit on the fence, I can quite easily not. Uh, they have been problematic for quite a number of years to be honest in terms of intimidating umpires um, having witnessed it myself two or three times and um, some of the tactics and some of the shenanigans we get up to are a little bit not cricket so to speak no it's not cricket it's, it's not what you play it for it's not what um, we watch it for it, it, it just plain and simply isn't and I did feel sorry for those umpires I mean one of them must have been 70 feels a day and yeah. he just was absolutely intimidated it's it's a shocker yeah. Um, yeah. what happened at Clifton then David? well it was, um, it, was a, it was a funny day for us as well in, in similar kind of ways even though um, the rain hit us an hour into the game by that stage 
we'd already agreed to play 100 over match, so 50 overs, and absolutely teamed it down after 16 overs. It's water standing all over the outfield in the square. Um, lo and behold, Clifton got the super soccer out and all the equipment and convinced the umpires that it was fit to play two hours later. Um, we we made the stance that we didn't want to get involved in any kind of shenanigans between the umpires and, and the teams. And there were some difficult moments that they had with the umpires themselves at, at that time. Um, we got back out there and it quite clearly wasn't fit to play. Um, there was rolled mud all over the place, all, there, all over the used wickets. But we did okay. Um, it was a seeming wicket. It, it was lively at times. Um, got a bit of movement out of it. It was similar in some respects to our bowling spells early doors last week, where we struggled to make inroads, even though we bowled quite well early doors. And um, we restricted them to, to 200 ish all out, which was, was good. Lee for Zachary bowled well. He took Porter, um, run out or two as well. Um, so we, we was kind of happy with the first, first bit of the game. Uh, we got out to bat around about quarter six. Um, and then Adam Adam Shepherd, who local cricketers would know, um, is quite a lively character. Um, this is after he received a level two warning while he was batting, actually, for verbally abusing the umpire when um, he got out. Um, decided that after his first over of the of their spell, had another go at the umpire um, for giving a not out decision, um, and he ended up on a level three morning um, for more abuse to the umpire and had to sit out of the game for 10 overs uh, on the sideline. So he did get a yellow card in that that uh, that, that um, incident. But we never really got going with the bat, to be fair. Um, similar stories in a few weeks before. Um, and when I said that um, we don't need Mohammed to score the runs, I'm eating the words a little bit because, again, we struggled when he struggled. Um, when we was 150 all out after a, a trial to, or well, we toiled up to five past nine, virtually in the dark, and by that time Adam was back on, putting it through a, a good lick, um, and uh, he got four for, and we, we struggled to, to get to 150 all out. Yeah, um, I think it's a weekend we better forget everybody and just move on to next weekend, David, to be honest. Yeah, um, you live and learn, and well, the thing that's special about Adam Shepherd in our cricket is you don't get, you don't very often face quick bowlers of professional standard quick bowling. Um, we can all take lessons from learning, and we don't, and from that, and it is, I think it comes with a mentality of how you approach facing him. Um, you can have all the talent in the world, but there is a way of means that you, you've got to come mentally prepared to face these kind of cricketers and do what you can to, to get stuck in. And and I, I think at times we struggle with that bit on, at the weekend. You can almost uh, be out before you even get to the ground, can't can't yeah, can't you? You can't let that happen, and, and that comes with experience. Mm. And people talk about this guy all the way all over the place. He's topic of conversation every week, which is fair enough because he's very talented in what he does and. And I wish I could pull that speed, um, even in my heyday. But if you don't, if you let that whip beat you before you turn it all and get on the pitch, then, then you're struggling anyway. But um, that's me. The Clifton are a good size. They'll be it'll be between them and ours. They think Clifton are like far away the strongest team, um, but they just need to turn up as a team themselves. And for us down and go again against Beaver next Saturday. Exactly. And David, um, I'm up there on Sunday because it's the um, um, the Evening League Sunday Finals Day. I'm not sure you can have an Evening League Finals Day on a Sunday afternoon, but that's what we're having. So if yeah, the sun shines, it promises to be a great afternoon yeah. at Dalefield. Well, it's looking like a decent week for once. So um, we, we, look, right. we look forward to a Dalefield weekend. Good stuff. David, thank you so much. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye bye. Tony, you, I mean, halfway through the conversation, you're, you're listening to David and you said the umpires cannot be allowed to... Im I'm sorry, blah, 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 rewind. The players cannot be allowed to influence the umpires. And I agree with you. When, I when, totally when, agree with you, when, but hang on, hang on a minute. Okay. The problem is, 
when you've got 11 20 25 30 year old six foot tall men jumping about and the two umpires are in the 60s and 70s they can be influenced well the laws of the game state that when it comes to deciding whether a game is playable or not it is the sole decision of the umpires and you can't be influenced by any player or captain of, of either side so if anybody comes up while you're doing a pitch inspection and says well I think it's alright you say well you go sit in that hutch and I'll tell you when it's alright and it's in, you either confirm I, I, I totally agree with you mate you either confirm yeah. with your colleague or if you're on your own like you are a lot of the time in Division J then you tell them you'll decide when when it's right to play or not because it's you that's going to get the, the bother if anybody gets hurt slipping yeah. over I, I, I absolutely totally agree with you but the, the point is if you've got 11, 12, 13, 14 individuals that's hell-bent on something happening, mm. you have got to have one hell of a backbone to yeah. make sure that your logic, Ed, stays on and you're not being bullied. And I'm going back to LSA. Five LBWs in an innings in Division A doesn't happen, Tony. Mm. But I, I it doesn't. I don't think it's an age thing because if you're 35 or 40 and you've got a 35-year-old arguing in your face, then... You know, you're intimidated. If you're 60 or 70, and I'm fast approaching 60, give or take four months or so, then you just say, Oi, sit down, son, and shut up, and I'll decide. No, I agree. I agree with you. I absolutely, totally agree with you, but it didn't happen at the weekend, mate. Should have done. At, either at Bolton Plainfield or at Clifton, and I can't wait till Thursday night when we talk to Gary Edgerton, because I shall still be in a bad mood about, Bol <laughs> about Bolton and, and, and LSC. That is going to last for the week. Can you find me the joint manager of Newark Flow, sir, please? Oh, don't worry, Sharon's had it chapter and verse all day yesterday. I was going to say, shall I phone Kirky or Sharon? Yeah, well, she can tell you the full story as well. Let's get Kirky on the phone, because um, we've just done the gentle, the gentle sport of cricket, now we're going to talk football, and I'm in a rant already. Oh, it's going to be a long week. What have I told you? I've told you that Tuesday night, James Brinkat-Smith is our studio guest. I wouldn't have argued with him, I'll tell you that. On Wednesday night, we've got a sports show special. The leader of Newark and Sherwood District Council, Councillor David Lloyd, is back in the studio. Um, chatting all things council sport-related. Um, one of the subjects, probably the main subject, because there's no one I've got to be in my bonnet about, is play areas um i've seen what the cedar avenue residents think i've grew up on wolf avenue where there's no gaps anymore i want to know first of all is it the council's fault if it's not the council's fault what can the council do about it so we need to find that one out um so that's where we're going to go on wednesday night and there's lots more to talk about of course as well there's elm avenue there's the hockey there's the cricket and we can't find steve kirkham he's done a runner on us Never mind. Okay, um, get Mrs. Smith back into the studio. You can tell you can tell that we're live. Okay, he's just he's just leaving a message. We'll talk football while we try and um, try and get older Steve, just to confirm that he's ringing the right number because as, as secretaries go, he's a good reporter. <laughs> Is that what it says on that sheet of paper, Mr. Secretary? You see, it's, it's, he's probably dialed the wrong number completely. Yeah. Yes, it is. Okay, then. Well, we'll see if he gives us a ring. If he doesn't, well, we'll catch you up. Flowserve went Have to get. Nando's. He's normally there. Yeah. Flowserve went to Gedlin. On... Here we go. Here we go. Um... Hello. Just try ringing it back. I probably cut him off by pressing that. Here we go. You see, this is what happened when they don't answer the first time. It gets me into a total quandary. David Lloyd coming in, as I said, um, on Wednesday night. Um, I want to talk about Lowfields. What's probably going to happen in and around Lowfields and can Orton Lane and Staple Lane take any more traffic? I want to find out what they're actually doing on Elm Avenue, on the stadium. I'm being told it's going for building, but nothing seems to happen. So we're going to see where that one is. And um, anything else that, that um, crops up that is... A little bit sport-related, because uh, we are a sports show, and I want to stick to sportish issues with um, Councillor David Lloyd. So that's um, Wednesday night's entertainment for you, and then straight after that, it's down to the it's down to the YMCA to watch Newark 
and Highcombe. Tony's out there chatting as if I've got all the time in the world, <laughs> but what we can actually say now is good evening to Steve Kirkham, who I've got no doubt is in some restaurant somewhere in Nottingham, which is why he couldn't talk to us. Steve, good evening. <laughs> Hiya, Mick. Am I right? Uh, no, I'm working, actually. You're working? I'm, uh, I'm in, uh, sunny Yorkshire. Okay, well, you do realise you get a fine for not answering the phone straight away, the same as you get a fine for not arriving at the match until gone two o'clock. I'll have to do a few more hours over time, then. <laughs> um, Steve, um, nice and simple question to start with. Was it a bad idea to have a bonding session at Nottingham Dogs the night before a football match? Um, in hindsight, yeah, um... But hindsight's a wonderful thing. I do think it's important, especially with the new signings, that F1 gets together and um, team spirit is massive. Um, so, in one way, it was a positive. Obviously, the result, the performance says, well, you live and learn. Um, but it's six and two threes, really. Um, the lads have got together, they're a little bit closer. Um, F1 knows each other, the new lads are settling in. So, there's positives to take. Um, Maybe next season we'll do it on a Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> How much are you concerned at all the fact that Gedlin beat you three two? No, not really. Um, first, it's pre-season. Uh, we've still used um, a lot of players. Um, we're still looking at people. We're still trying new things. Um, at the same time, Gedlin aren't the worst side, and uh, they'll, they'll be expected to be competing. We can't forget that it was in their league last year, so we've got no divine right to go and win places like that. I did think that was a much better Gedlin side than the one I saw last year. Yeah, they've improved. Obviously, we're four going up from that league next season. Uh, a lot of clubs are trying to have a go. It's probably a big opportunity for clubs that they'll never get again. So, Gedlin are one of those. Um, but no, it's not a concern. Um, I'll put it down as a bad day at the office. And as long as we bounce back tomorrow night at Kimberley, then it'll all be forgotten about. Let's have a look at the pluses because I thought that okay, you you two have obviously been on a, a Manchester City and Pep how to play football out from the back course because all of a sudden Joe is playing the ball out to his um, his back line and they are playing some lovely football for forward and I I did enjoy that aspect of it. Yeah, obviously um, with players that we've got now uh, we can play a little bit differently. Like I said last week, um, I think perhaps. Um, Gedlin did kind of exploit why at times you can't do that and sometimes especially away from home this season we'll come against teams like Gedlin that are quite physical quite direct and uh, we'll have to match them at times um, but this season definitely uh, against Baser and Granford we did it really well and it's sort of become a style that we're stuck with now and lads are doing it without you having to get on at them it's just becoming natural that we're playing a lot more football so yeah that's a big positive yeah, I, I, I did actually en enjoy it. That was, a, that, that was my big positive from the afternoon. Um, finally, Steve, I understand that, um, or, or my spies tell me that uh, Riley Thompson has either gone or could be on his way to Harrowby. Yeah, um, Riley's left us. Um, we had a chat, me and had a chat with all the players on Thursday. Uh, obviously, with a lot of travelling next year, we're still carrying sort of 20 plus players. We had a chat with F1, told them where we thought we were at. Um, and we can't guarantee anyone first team football um, and Riley chose to to move on so he's a good servant to us came and did a job but he wanted guaranteed first team football and we couldn't offer that at the moment no, there's, I don't think there's any way that um, people should realise that you know they have to fight and fight for the place but as you say a good lad and he's gone on and he'll, and he'll do a good job at Harrowby which growingly seems to be um, full of explosive players yeah, I think there's a few clubs that are sort of benefiting from our success. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but that, that's, that's the nature of it, really. Everyone can see the players we've brought in. Um, and lads have got the choice then. They can fight for the place. Um, like I say, nothing's guaranteed. Um, or they can move on. And obviously, I, I sat down with Riley, as I've done with four or five players, and said I want them to fight for the place. There's no closed doors. Um, and the ball's in their court and we had two or three come back and say that they'll move on so that's football um, I hope Harry we do well and um, we'll move on without them Exactly Kimberley tomorrow night um, another tough game it's what it's, it's what you want now and then it's Quorn at the weekend and then that's it Yeah it, it probably um, 
we'd expect to go and win at Kimberley. No disrespect to Kimberley, but if we want to achieve what we're trying to do, um, and then Corn should be really what we face week in week out um, in the Midland League. Um, Carruthers has gone there; he was at Baseford, so he'll be expecting to be competing at the top end. So that'll be a good one, uh, and that should give us a level of where we're at, and then we can just training until the uh, first game of the season I know you can't read anything in, into these rooks everybody would have seen that Gedlin beat Flosive but Baseford 4 Walsall Wood 0 Eastwood 5 Selston 2 and Quorn 2 Clifton 3 actually it was a good day for um, the East Midlands League with Clifton uh, and and um, Eastwood but you know Selston getting done for 5 at, e- at Eastwood yeah again I can't really comment on that people might look at our Gedling resort um, same I don't know what Selston did they might have been out Friday night no um, they couldn't have used many players <laughs> they went to the dogs as well was it wasn't yeah. a bonding session with Selston was it <laughs> I'm not sure about that one um, <laughs> but yeah I don't know what players they've used a lot of clubs are trialling uh, young lads trialist lads um, so you get a lot of free results um, so um, until the season starts you can't read into anything I said for the start we'll look at where we are 10 games in I um, think people make uh, people like me and Tony and others probably make now we make more of pre-season games than we ever used to do in the in the past because that's what there was in the past but now so much more importance seems to be given to them but by the media proper media and amateur media yeah, I think part of it is you've got the long wait with no football. So when football's back, everyone gets a little bit excited. The long wait, all six weeks um, of it. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, um, it's nice to take the pluses when you can. Um, everyone tries to create a buzz around the club, so if they can take positives, they do. Um, I'm happy with where we are. As you can say, even against Gedling, I thought we missed a lot of chances. Uh, we still could and should have won the game. Uh, they scored a couple of good strikes, so... Like I say, we'll take that on the chin, move on, learn from it, um, and still look at the positives from Grantham and Bates. And like you said, the football has been one of the huge positives. You can't read too much into results, but one thing's for sure, we've definitely been, been playing better football. Exactly. All right, Steve, you get back to work, and um, we'll um, go back to talking cricket. Steve, thank All you right, so much. Right, about, Thanks. Bye. Steve Kirkham there from Deepish Yaksha. One more phone call. We always keep... Um, this one to last because he says it exactly how it is. Mark Everington at Fondon. Mark, you're on a bit of a roll, but you're rolling the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. Um, not very good, to be honest. Poor batting, poor bowling, poor fielding Saturday. Second best in, in every department, to be honest. Um, at the moment, we're, I think we're quite lucky. There's two fairly poor teams in the league that are keeping us out of the relegation zone because we're quite... Uh, not good enough at the moment is the um, is the only word for it. I think I, I did actually look at the tables on Sunday, and yes, I think you're absolutely right because you still got you still got a good cushion, but you've got to you've got to pull yourselves out of it a bit, haven't you? Oh, definitely, definitely. We've um, Saturday was probably a one of certainly one of our worst performances of the season. We we didn't pace in into I think we got 161, but after the first over, we we were 19 for none due to wide snowballs and various other things from their opening bowler and we don't seem to be pacing the innings right to be honest it's, we seem to be getting a, a reasonable start but they're not being able to kick on at the right time so then we're expecting everybody else to be able to go in and have to go at it from ball one and it's a bit of an issue the last ten overs nobody who's in seems to be kicking on and getting the runs required uh, we didn't bowl very well with the exception of Kieran Logue who bowled quite well on Saturday we, did, we didn't bowl very well we were absolutely abysmal in the field to be to be perfectly honest um, very unathletic very uh, pedestrian just not not good enough to be honest and the first few overs when we were fielding set the tone um, and this, we've, we've got to keep going and it's alright saying we've got a few missing we did have a couple missing this week but We've, we've had a couple missing all season. We've had some people who haven't played all season, some people who've hardly played. It's the people who are there whose responsibility it is to uh, pull a performance together, and we're not doing it at the moment. There's, there's too many mediocre performances week in, week out. Oh dear, oh dear. Adam. It's been a bit of a doom and gloom on the cricket front all night, to be honest. Um, yeah, it has, it has. Can uh, you put it right at the weekend? Who you got at the weekend? We've got East Bridgeford at home at the weekend. We're going we're gonna to try. We've got... Uh, We've got a good side out. We've got good availability for this week. We've looked at what we've got. 
Uh, we've just got to we've just got to keep plugging away. It's, it, it, hopefully, it'll become right. This is this week's been the most disappointing and most downhearted because the other weeks we thought, yeah, we've bowled well or batted well or one or the other. This week it was a case of all three went fairly badly and we were comprehensively beaten. Uh, we had we had a fairly good start where we got uh, gotten three down for sixty odd, but never really looked in the game after that. One of their lads got ninety odd. Played a couple of loose shots, but played some very nice shots as well. And um, yeah, it was dis- disappointing Saturday, but we'll go against Saturday against East Bridgeford and, and see what happens there. Sun's going to shine. Marsh Lane's going to look lovely. And when I talk to you next Monday night, Mark, it's everything in the garden is going to be rosy. It will be lovely. All right, mate. Talk to you next week. Okay. Thanks. Bye bye. And that leaves us just time to tell you um, about, well, four football matches tomorrow night in this are you ready to go you got your cap on are you is that it you finished uh well yeah i've had about enough now yeah okay you're you, you, you all right you're right for a couple of minutes <laughs> um right the pick of tomorrow night's games apart from kimberly and um flow serve um i've chosen these grantham town versus boston united oh that's a beauty that looks a nice one doesn't it mm. lincoln united against lincoln city oh, oh, oh. and retford against harworth which again is Bit of a local derby, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's four cracking-looking football matches. But, but those, two, those two Lincolnshire ones are beautiful. Yes, they are, aren't mm. they? And they're playing for a trophy because they play for their senior cup at the start of the season. You know, like the not senior cup yeah. played through the season. The Lincolnshire do it pre-season. There's uh, a pre-season tournament. And, and the Lincoln United involved with that? Yes. Lincoln United and Lincoln City are in the senior up as our ground from Boston. It's the two semi-finals. Memo to Notts County and Nottingham Forest. No, they, well, Forest don't even partake anymore. Forest and County don't partake. They just send the Notts FA a cheque. Exactly. But how ridiculous is that? Well, I think it's just... What's the word I'm looking for? I've used lots of words tonight. Um, I, I think it's one you're thinking of, but we can't use it. Exactly. It's just... <laughs> it, it's, beyond, it's beyond belief. It is. Um, Wednesday night, Newark Town are at home to Highcombe. But the standout match on Wednesday night, for me again, trawling through the fixtures, is a cracking-looking local derby. Blythe Spartans against Whitley Bay. <laughs> Four miles between them. <laughs> I tell you what, I do wish I was at Amanda's. Yeah. Because that's one I wouldn't miss for the world, because that, uh, that, 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 that strikes me as fun. Blythe Spartans and Whitley Bay going going head-to-head. I'd, I'd, I'd have gone with you to that one. Yeah, I think that... Um, well, I've had a beer in my bonnet all night about this cricket, Tony. And, Quite right. Um, you know, I just... It was... So disappointed. I'm glad David... I'm, I understand why Tim couldn't, but I'm glad David said it. It'd be quite nice if Ellerslie could get hold of the podcast and learnt a bit, because, um, you know, it sounds like they've got a bit of learning to do at that club. Well, you know, there's, there's ways of winning, and there's, you know, everybody loses, but there's ways of, 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 of winning. And, it was very interesting yeah. to hear Pipes and say they've, uh, they've been at it now oh, for a number of seasons, yeah, yeah. and, uh, you know, if, if that is the case then somebody wants to tell him. And apart from David's views on Manchester United, I absolutely agree with everything he says. Mm, mm, um, yeah. So they go, so you're missing again tomorrow night? Oh, no, no, I'm, not, I'm, I'm working. No, you're missing, you're not here. Well, I'm not, I'm not here. Right, know. so you're missing. I'm just, I'm just watching football for an hour and a half. Yeah, instead of coming here and doing... Uh, doing as opposed to, as to, instead of coming as here and doing the job you're not... Pu- Yes, I know. Yes, Doug Hall says he's brilliant that he's as, not here. Instead of coming here and doing the job you're not paid, instead of coming here for the job you're not paid for, you clear off on me. I'll yeah. cope. Me and James Brinkat Smith, okay. not a problem tomorrow. Coming up next, the wonderful Mr. Doug Hall. We are-